Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Riley Breakfield Show. I am your host, Riley Breakfield. You know, we talk about whatever comes to my mind on this here podcast, mostly college sports because that's just what I love. But sometimes I talk NFL every every Thursday and Tuesday. I've talked about NFL every time this podcast does came out. I have talked about it. So that's that's a blatant lie. I'm owning up to my mistakes, you know, trying to be a better man. But college sports pro sports, whatever's going on in the world. We're going to talk about it here. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Riley Breakfield is the name. Let's get into today's show. We got some news to go over. Um, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. I always forget to say that. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, send to your friends, your family, all, all the bees knees. Do all those things, please. I, I need it. I deserve it. I don't know. Whatever. Do it. Thank you. Appreciate it. But on today's show, we're going to be talking a little news. Got a little one love, one hate, um, bowl game preview, a couple of bowl game recaps, some crazy games last night. Um, college basketball Friday and Saturday. You know, bowl games, college football playoff, NFL games, playoff spots on the line. The whole works got a lot going on. Let's just get into it. If you uh, watching those bowl games last night, shout outs to you because those were crazy. Liberty Bowl was unreal. I was watching that with my one with my wife. I mean, I was like, oh baby, you know, you can turn it off. You know, Kansas was down like. 2338 at this point. I was like, I don't I don't know if they're gonna come back and then sure shit. Kansas comes back and then just goes just keeps on going, keeps on going. Unreal game. Horrible way to end it though. I hated that, but something about that package that Kansas runs with Jalen Daniels and Jason Beam, dude. I just absolutely love it. I'm always know something trickery is gonna happen. You never know which way it's gonna go. Just excites me. I love seeing it. Because if you haven't seen that video when they did the double quarterback bootleg. That play is unreal. Go find it on TikTok or YouTube. I Every time it pops up, I watch it like 10 times. I, it's one of the coolest things in the world. I wish I could recreate it on like Madden or NCAA football. It's just awesome. Then that Holiday Bowl, that one was that one was quite fantastic as well. I thought for sure, dude, when, after Oregon scored and they went to kick that field goal, I thought for sure that field goal kicker dinked it right off the front of the fucking goal post. I was... I literally screamed. I was like, oh, my fucking God. And then I was like, okay, it went in. But that was like unreal. Wish North Carolina would have came out on top there. But what are you going to do? You know, I was I did all right with my college basketball gambling as well this week. LSU Moneyline got that one last night. There was another one I don't really remember. But did all right. Doing okay. We're surviving here. Currently, I am watching this Florida State-Oklahoma game after all the crap I have talked about. Um, Mike Norvell and the fact that if they lose this game and don't cover the spread. Currently, the game is tied with, what, three minutes left in the fourth quarter. FSU's got the ball. Jordan Travis just hucked it down the field to Johnny Wilson. Who else is going to catch it but Johnny Wilson? That kid is a fucking stud, dude. He is just big body boy that just gets up and high points the ball. He's oh, he's unreal. He's, he's a talent. I like watching that guy for sure. But I don't know. I, Oklahoma actually came out and played inspired, but I don't. I think it says more about where Florida State is than compared to where Oklahoma is. Oklahoma might have made some leads over these bowl practices, but we'll see. I don't know. I just talked a lot of shit about Michael Norvell, so I'm got to stick to my word here. I don't think Florida State is as good as everyone thinks they are, so that's just it. I was going to watch the Cowboys-Titans game because I have Derrick Henry in fantasy, and then I found out that he was sitting, and I'm in the fantasy fucking Super Bowl with fucking 350 bucks on the line, man. I mean, I know it's not a lot of money, but me and my friends aren't rich. We're just poor, dirty white boys. That's just all we are. But I got that all on the line. First place, I had a horrible team. I was projected to finish like 4-11. I made it here. You know, I could really use the money. I'm a broke son of a bitch. So I'm getting all excited. I'm like, sweet. I got Derrick Henry. Awesome. This is perfect. And then sure as shit, got the news. And I was like, oh, my God. Please don't sit out. Please don't sit out. Thought he, found that out yesterday. 
then sure shit shot sure shit shot today that he was fucking bent or well not bent. He was doubtful with a hip injury. I was just absolutely devastated. And if I lose this game because Derrick Henry goes out, I'll no longer be a Derrick Henry fan. And I am a big Derrick Henry fan. I love him. He's a fucking phenomenal running back. Unreal talent. But breaking my heart. That's what he's doing. So yeah, watching watching college football tonight, NFL. I, I think Cowboys should easily win that game. I mean, Titans are kind of basically throwing up the white flag, in my opinion, in this game. They're like, oh, whatever. We have to worry more about next week, winner take all. So I don't know. I think Cowboys should end on that one easily. If they don't, they've got some serious issues. So big other big NFL news over the week. J.J. Watt has announced that he's retiring. Phenomenal career. You know, he just had a baby. Um, seems like something that he was kind of dealt, kind of influenced his decision, which I totally understand. You know, he's had a great career. He's won Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's had, you know, he's on a, he's, had, he's amassed 100 sacks. Like, he's he's had a phenomenal career. Just couldn't get the championship. His body's been beat up multiple times. He's dealt with so many injuries over the past couple of years. I think, you know, smart decision for him. Walk away. You know, he's made good money. Can easily get into media or anything like that, so I'm I'm not too worried about him. But you know, something I kind of stumbled across um, a while ago was how the 2011 draft class has produced five guys that have amassed 100 sacks already in their career, and there's only 40 players that have done that, and that's not included. Well, it's not including the ones that are um, unaccounted for or whatever it is. I can't remember unofficial because they didn't really record sacks back in the day, something like that. So. There's only four people that have amassed that. And from the 2011 class, there has been five guys. J.J. Watt, Vaughn Miller, Robert Quinn, Cameron Jordan, and Justin Houston. In my opinion, this is probably one of the best draft classes that has ever produced defensive line, edge rushers, that type of talent. The only one that is better is the 1985 class, which featured Chris Dolman, Bruce Smith, and Kevin Green, who are all 1, 3, and 5 on all-time sack list. Tons of talent right there, obviously, but... 2011 class actually produced a lot of top-tier edge rushers that have been pretty prominent in the NFL since in the past 10 years since they've been drafted. So pretty cool stat, you know. Vaughn Miller, he's the highest one up there. He has the best chance to get into that top five range. But, I mean, if the rest of the guys keep climbing and get a couple more years under their belt, could go down as one of the best draft classes for defensive linemen in the history of the NFL. Just at least got to get one of those guys into the top five, I would think, to, to really realistically make that argument because it's hard – when you have three guys from one class, they are all in the top five. So, But if you have five guys you know, in the top 20 or something like that, or top 30 even, overall you kind of look at those numbers as a little bit better. More, more, more crop to pick from. But I just thought that was cool. But shout out to J.J. Watt. Um, phenomenal career. Unbelievable talent. Hate to see him walk away, but wish him nothing but the best. But something that is going away that we – I never thought the day would come as East Bay. If you're not familiar with East Bay, it had all the the cool hip clothing in it, you know, the Nike brand, all the the batting gloves, the shooter sleeves, all this, all the works, you know, you get it from East Bay. They are no longer with us. They have uh, moved on. I think they are going out of business. Um, but sad day. I remember getting those magazines, dude, and being like, "Oh, I want this for Christmas. I want this for Christmas." But just you know, with the world of online shopping, magazines kind of just go out the door. Big, big news in the college football world over the course of this past week. Two two real big news topics here. Sam Hartman has decided to hit the transfer portal. Sounds like he's going to Notre Dame. Pretty much sounds like it was a done deal right after he uh, announced he was in the portal. Sounds like there's some tampering going on there. Not too sure. Just kind of a weird situation. I hate the fact that if he's going to Notre Dame, that really sucks. But 
unbelievable, unbelievable talent. I mean, the past couple of years, what he's been able to do at Wake Forest, you know, with, you know, good talent, but not the best talent, you know, maybe upgrade to a bigger program like a Notre Dame, a little bit more weapons, a little bit more talented guys possibly, you know, better in the trenches, better O-line, just all around better, better stability, better program. You can't help but think that they'd be a national championship contender wherever he lands because you know he's going to a big school. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Other big news in college football, Ed Reed. He has he is becoming the head coach of Bethune Cookman. He's been on staff at Miami. I think he was like the something to do with their culture or something like that. I can't really remember what it was. He was there for a couple of years and now he's gonna get a head coaching chance. I I like seeing these these smaller programs, you know, these FCS schools taking chances on guys that are, you know, been around football, no football, some of the all time greats. Think about Ed Reed. Um, you know, Deion Sanders, Eddie George, you know, Trent Dilfer, he even getting the head coaching chance, even though he's been coaching call it, uh, high school football for a while. But, you know, you think about these guys that don't really have that experience, getting the opportunity to be leaders of young men, you know, that, that did it their own way and came up out of, you know, whatever situation they were in, you know, and paved the way for so many other athletes and stuff like that. What better opportunity than to get these guys in and be leader of young men? I, I, I love the move. I, I think it's awesome. I think Ed Reed will probably find success there. You know, I'm sure he'll get some recruiting, some good recruits there. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. It's Ed Reed. He's one of the best safeties of all time. Like, hands down, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So excited for Ed Reed. Going to have to pay attention to Bethune-Cookman the next couple of years, see how he does there. Now there's time for a little bit of bad head coaching moves, you know. Raiders have decided to bench Derek Carr sounds like there's really the possibility of him getting traded um would like to see that for Derek Carr you know he's been at Las Vegas for so many years now haven't really had too much success you know I mean Dan Orlowski tweeted out about uh <clears throat> Derek in Derek Carr's career since he's been a starter in the NFL his defense is the 32nd best so that's the worst basically so Derek Carr's never really had a good defense behind him it'd be interesting to see him go somewhere where he has a good defense behind him. You know, there's probably going to be a lot of options. I went through the list of looking who could upgrade at quarterback. I mean, first off, Colts, obviously. Colts, Matt Ryan's not the answer. Don't know what they want to do, but they have a very talented roster. If they can get rid of Matt Ryan's salary, create some cap space or something like that, and get a Derek Carr, I think that would be the actual right move for them going forward in the future. I think Derek Carr's got at least five, six years left in the tank. Easy. You know, then you look at the Falcons, another team. They have talent, young talent coming along. Not not too many big contracts. The defense is all right. Get a guy like Derek Carr, totally elevate your team right there. The Buccaneers, if Tom Brady leaves, the roster on the talent is still there. Need to get a couple other head coaching situations figured out because I don't know if Todd Bowles is a long-term head coach. Just the whole coaching staff, that I don't know. Something just doesn't seem right, but there is a ton of talent on that roster. Send Derek Carr down to Tampa, still right in the playoff contention. The Saints, another team where they're dealing with quarterback drama. You know, Jameis Winston, I think, should be the guy. Dennis Allen doesn't seem to know exactly what he's doing as a head coach. <clears throat> Derek Carr could step right in, take over, and be the leader of that offense easily, man. Think about the Titans. You know, I've been dogging on them saying they should rebuild. Upgrade from Ryan Tannehill to Derek Carr, that to me, that's an upgrade. Why not take that opportunity if it's prevented, if it's presented to you? The Jets, another deep. Tons of talent on the roster. Really, really emerging right now this year. Really stepped up and showed what they can be. Robert Sala proving he's a really good head coach. The defense is really, really good. Add in Derek Carr as their starting quarterback. You know, who knows? They might decide to stick with Mike White. But if they want to go out and get somebody like Derek Carr, why wouldn't they? Could be a great fit. 
Then you think about the Panthers even. I mean, the defense has some talent. The defense isn't too bad. There's there's improvement. There's room that can have there. But Derek Carr could step right in and be day one starter and lead that team. But I, that one's the one that seems the most out of realm to me. There's just not – I would feel bad for Derek Carr if he got traded there. The Commanders, though, another team, very good defense. You know, offense has quite a plethora of weapons. So I, there's, there's tons of options where I hope Derek Carr could land that I think could be better for him, get a fresh start, start over fresh, see what happens. And then the other thing that sparks my interest with this is what, what about Devontae Adams? I mean, he got traded there because he wanted to go there because he wanted to play with Derek Carr again. So what does he do now? Does he just ask to be traded again, or is he now just stuck in Las Vegas hoping for the best? I mean, who who really knows? And, and just then the other question is, if that is the route they go, what's the future for the Raiders at quarterback? Because it's not like they don't have a talented roster. I think their roster is one of the better ones in the league. They really underperformed this year. So there's tons of talent there. What do they do at quarterback? Do they go with a young guy? Or does Josh McDaniel have somebody in mind already that he thinks he can get or he knows is going to be coming up in the draft? Like what? I'm, I'm very curious what their future holds. And what they what they're gonna want to do? Maybe he's going. Maybe they're gearing up to try to trade for Zach Wilson. Who knows? Maybe that's their move. That would actually be a good one for one. I would like to see Zach Wilson, Derek Carr trade right there. Done deal. Get it over with. Get it over with. Just send a couple picks to Las Vegas as well with the Zach Wilson. Done deal. Done deal. Then the only other news that really isn't sports related. Um, I saw today that Andrew Tate and his brother. Um, got arrested for sex trafficking in Romania. Didn't do too much digging. Just kind of saw it when I was finishing up my show prep, making sure I got all the latest news. If you're familiar with those two, they're they're banned on many platforms and stuff like that. So it's just, I'm interested to see how this plays out. I guess so. We'll see. Now moving on to one love, one hate. This week I'm loving on video games, man. I just it just felt right. I just uh, got a couple PlayStation gift cards for Christmas because I'm still like 12 years old on the inside. I like video games. I, well, I don't like. I love video games. I feel like they're an escape. You know, just like anything else is reading a book, watching TV. I feel like they're an escape for me. I've always enjoyed playing video games. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to play NCAA Football 14 when I'm done with this. Probably go play Fortnite. Like, I just, video games to me always been fun. I don't really necessarily have ever thought of them as a bad thing. I think that they're a good thing. I mean, kids are playing professional gaming now. Like, there's gaming YouTube channels. You know, people playing Madden and playing 2K, and they're they're making money off of it. So I've never I've never really thought of video games as a bad thing, even even when I was younger. And now I still now even you know with all the people like, oh, video games are so bad. I I totally disagree. I think that they're cool. I think that they're fun. It's just it's just like playing a board game or anything else. You're just staring at a TV. So maybe it's bad for your eyes, but get some glasses or something like that. That easy. Done deal. This week, though, I'm hating on New Year's. It's just kind of a stupid holiday, in my opinion. I've never really had, like, a wild, crazy New Year. It never seems like, you know, like you see growing up on the movies and TV shows where you have all these wild, crazy experiences. New Year's is, like, the farthest holiday you'll ever experience from anything like that. I've felt more excited on freaking a random Tuesday than I ever felt on New Year's Day. Like, cool, it's a new year. Nothing crazy, nothing else to it whatever it's just in my opinion it's a stupid slash fun holiday it's cool but it's also at the same time the whole idea between behind let's get all fucked up and party and like bring in the new year like this i've never had one of those nights i don't care to now i'm an old man so to me it's a stupid holiday we could get rid of it and get like a different holiday it's like cooler you know like make 420 a holiday where we can take the day off that'd be cool that would be worth it you know a couple bowl game previews here friday's got a pretty packed slate quite a few games that are Tickling my interest here. First up, 
Duke's Mayo Bowl, Maryland, NC State. This should be a really fun one. You know, NC State kind of struggled down the stretch. Maryland had a pretty good season, you know, finished out 7-5, and five, pretty good for them. You know, Talua Tegavailoa really tore it up. He was swinging the ball over the field. It's kind of probably going to be the most interesting part about this matchup is, you know, how Maryland's offense looks. I know they had a couple transfers and whatnot. Um, and NC State, their defense has been phenomenal the past couple of years, had a really good year this year. Going to be really interesting to see, you know, kind of that dynamic, see what happens there. I think that's really the key to the game if Maryland's offense wins or NC State's defense wins. To me, I feel like Maryland's going to put on a performance here. I'm going Maryland money line. It just feels right. It makes the most sense to me. So going Maryland money line against the NC State Wolfpack. Second bowl game, Gator Bowl, Notre Dame, South Carolina. Should be a really, really fun one. Both teams were getting hot down the stretch. You know, Notre Dame lost their last game, but they had won, they'd won damn near everyone up to that point. They were doing really well. South Carolina obviously finished out the year with two big wins. Um, both these teams will be without their star tight ends, though. Michael Mayer not playing. Jaheim Bell also not playing. We'll see. That's kind of going to be interesting for both offenses. Uh, to me, I feel like South Carolina, you know, Spencer Rattler was really getting in a groove to finish out the season. I really don't see anything changing. You know, as long as bull practice, everything went good. His mentality stayed the same. I think that he should have a game similar to like he did against Tennessee. So I'm going South Carolina money line on this one. I just feel like, you know, with the way Spencer Rattler is playing, the more stability that South Carolina has that quarterback compared to Notre Dame makes most sense to me that South Carolina comes out on top in this one. How much time's left in this bowl game here? Okay, 14 seconds. I got to watch this. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't tell because my phone is like literally blocking the scoreboard sacked. No timeouts. I think that's the ball game. Sorry for that. Rude interruption there. I was watching the end of the Oklahoma Florida State game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to happen again. Orange Bowl, big game. New Year's Six Bowl or whatever the hell they call it. Tennessee, Clemson. Should be a really fun game. I'm really interested to see this one. Both these teams kind of on the same level right now, I'd say, in terms of where their program is at. So really interested to see how this game goes. Um, I think it's really going to come down to quarterback play. You know, Kate Club next first start. As, a, as the starting quarterback for Clemson, really see how the offense seems to click. You know, when he came in a lot this year, it really seemed to click and groove and be moving the ball downfield, and they were scoring a lot. So it'll be interesting to see how he starts out the game. And then the other interesting part for Tennessee, you know, I, I believe Joe Milton's going to start, but they've got Nico Imaleva. Uh, he's coming in as well. He's been there for a couple of bowl practices. Going to be interested, interested to see if he gets any snaps or reps. Um I hope that he does. I just want to see what this kid's all about. It could be really fun. It could be really cool. I really like Clemson minus six at this on this one. Just Tennessee's got a lot more guys out. You know, kind of Kate Club next first game. I think he's going to put on a really good performance. So Clemson minus six looks really good to me. It feels really appealing. So I'm going to, I'm going to ride that one. But not only do we have bowl games on Friday, we got college basketball as well. We got two big ACC matchups. First one, North Carolina Pitt. Um, UNC is really getting back on their feet. This game is really just appealing to me because of where North Carolina is at right now. They seem to be back to their final four-run type team. They're playing really well. Everybody's sharing the ball, sharing the love. Everything's going in the right direction. But we got to watch out for Blake Hinson in this game. Doing a little research by the kid. He's averaging 17-7 and seven right now. Really having a good year. You know, this game is at Pitt, but to me, a North Carolina minus 5.5. Looks really good, and I think that's more than likely going to hit. Miami, Notre Dame. Miami's 14th in the country right now. They only have one loss, but I'm putting some faith in Mike Bray. I just have a weird feeling Notre Dame's kind of had an up-and-down year. 
lost some games that they shouldn't have, won some games, you know, that, you know, against ranked opponents. They beat Michigan State early in the year, who's been pretty good this season. So I really just I feel like another storm's brewing, man. It's just I got LSU and Arkansas right, and this one I just looked at it and I felt the same way. I'm going Notre Dame money line here. I'm, I just have a feeling that uh, Notre Dame's going to come out, and it's just going to be a, just going to be a, one of those days where Miami just doesn't seem to have anything to go their way. Now to the meaty, juicy games on Saturday. One New Year's Six Bowl that's not the playoff. Bama versus Kansas State. Bryce Young, Will Anderson, both playing in this game. But I don't know, man. Something about Kansas State this year. They've been playing phenomenal on both sides of the ball. Really having a good year. And the way that Alabama's play calling has been on offense and defense this year, I just have a feeling that Kansas State's going to win this game. The the offense alone. I mean, Will Howard's been balling out. Malik Knowles is an absolute threat on the outside. Deuce Vaughn, you know, he can run out of the backfield. He can catch out of the backfield. The defense has been playing phenomenal. One of the better ones in the Big 12 this year. I mean, they had that amazing fourth and goal stop. Uh, against TCU in the Big 12 championship. Everything to me is just pointing Kansas State on this one. I'm taking Kansas State money line on Saturday. It just appeals to me. Kansas State, more more on the line for them, in my opinion. That just seems to pay off in bowl games, in my, in my honest opinion. Now to the two meaty, juicy games that everyone only, the only two that matter. The Fiesta Bowl, TCU, Michigan. Um, Michigan's favored by 7.5 right now. And I'm just going to get this out of the way. TCU Moneyline is my pick. I've been hating on Michigan all year. I don't think Michigan's played anyone tough. There's been all this talk about their defense. Their defense really hasn't played anyone tough. And in my opinion, TCU's offense is better than Ohio State's. I think TCU can throw the ball better. They can run the ball better. Max Duggan is better out of the pocket than C.J. Stroud. Everything about TCU to me seems better than Ohio State, in my opinion. That's the way I see it. That's the way I'm looking at it. TCU's defense has stepped up and made plays when they've had to this year. I don't think Michigan has had a tougher test until this weekend, and I think they're overlooking it. I think for some reason Jim Harbaugh just does not know how to show up, put his big boy nuts on the line in the playoff. It's going to be the curse of Harbaugh. I can just see it right before my eyes, and I'm tired of this Michigan, Michigan, Michigan shit. I don't like Michigan. I don't think that they're that good. I think they're frauds. They've they played in the weakest Power 5 conference there is. I don't see how TCU doesn't win this game. To me, I think it's going to probably even be a blowout, possibly. There's too many weapons for Michigan to stop. I think this team is way better than Ohio State. Hands down, easy money, TCU money line, easy does it, easy squeezy, lemon squeezy, whatever the fucking saying is, take TCU money line. Just trust me on this one. Even take TCU minus 14 and a half. They're going to blow it up. Peach Bowl, Ohio State, Georgia. The most important thing is that in this matchup is if Ohio State or Ryan Day paid attention to the second half of the SEC championship game against LSU. LSU was slinging the ball all over the field, just doing that all day. That's a lot of what Ohio State's offense is. That's going to be the biggest question mark, is if Ohio State's offense shows up and they move the ball downfield and they convert when they need to. Holy shit. The first play of the game in this holiday bowl, the freaking flea flicker, that was fucking awesome. Sorry, I just had to watch that happen. I saw it coming. I was like, holy fuck. But the biggest thing about Ohio State-Georgia, it's going to be the passing game. It's going to be if Ohio State's offense can make enough plays like LSU's did in the SEC Championship. That's all it comes down to. Georgia is very beatable on defense. You just have to make the right plays. You have to make the right decisions. You have to move the ball downfield, and you have to confuse them a little bit. But the biggest thing is going to be if Ohio State 
defense steps up because Georgia, to me, their offense isn't that strong. If Ohio State's defense steps up, I think they can win this game. But if Georgia just comes out and Ohio State's playing lackluster defense, they're going to get popped right in the mouth. And then once Georgia gets a little bit of confidence, their offense just seems to start rolling like crazy, a little bit unstoppable. It's it's weird, but that's the way it is. You have to go out and punch them in the mouth, stumble them, whatever you got to do to slow them down. But I don't think that Ohio State's going to do either of those things, and I think Ryan Day is going to crumble under pressure on Saturday. Georgia minus six and a half, easy does it. Georgia's going to pop in the mouth. Kirby's been here. This team's been here. Even at, Ohio State has to pop them in the mouth right from the jump. Has to do something crazy to be able to compete in this game, in my opinion. And if they don't do that, it's easy. Georgia minus six and a half, and I feel like that's what's going to happen. But that's just not all the college sports that we have on Saturday. Saturday, New Year's Eve, we also have some great college basketball matchups. UConn, Xavier. UConn undefeated, number two in the country. Xavier, 22nd, beat St. John's this week. I was wrong about that one. I thought St. John's was going to come out, but they just really they weren't there. But Xavier, you know, having that tough matchup earlier this week. UConn kind of have I think they played earlier in the week, but UConn's just a different breed this year, man. They're they're really looking like a serious national title contender. I think they're going to come out and they're going to beat the crap out of Xavier, honestly. I'm, I'm, the line's not out yet when I was doing up my show prep here. I'm expecting like a 7, and that feels right to me. I would expect a minus 7. That feels good. I, I feel like the Huskies can win by 8. That's kind of their max. I, I think it will be close. Xavier's not bad, but I think... UConn is a different breed this year. Another game that tickles my interest, Texas Tech, TCU. TCU ranked 18th in the country right now. Only have one loss on the season. But Texas Tech, man, they're very good defensively. You know, the biggest key in this game is going to be if they can slow down Miles Price. and if they, Because Miles Price is scoring like 20 a game right now, having an unbelievable year. He's, he's really the team's offense. If they can slow him down, they have a legit chance in this game. They either need to slow him down or they need to make sure nobody else scores. Like, literally nobody else. Like, shut down everybody else. Everybody else only put, like, two points on the board. Like, they got to shut down everybody else or shut down Miles Price for for them to win this game. I think they will. Texas Tech is one of the better teams in the country when it comes to, comes to defense. They they play phenomenal defense. So, I think I think they're going to win. I think TCU will be favored just because TCU is ranked and they're, they are at home and they have been having an unph- a phenomenal year. So, but I'm going to write Texas Tech money line on this one. Arizona, Arizona State. Arizona's ranked fifth right now. Arizona State was ranked not that long ago. They're having a pretty good year. You know, battle for the desert state or whatever they call Arizona. Should be a fun game. It's going to be at ASU. Um, biggest key in this game is just Arizona needs to score. Their last game was against San Francisco where I said San Francisco was going to pull the upset, which they did, and Arizona State did not score. If they're gonna, they cannot be doing that all year long. They they need to show up and show out. Arizona is a team that can really score. I really like the over here, especially if it's under one fifty. That just it feels like a really good number to me because Arizona can score. And I have a feeling that Arizona State's gonna come out and put some points up after their poor performance against San Francisco, and that was like almost two weeks. That was ten. To, it'll be ten days ago for them. So I think that they're gonna kind of come out and uh, put a pretty pretty put a pretty good performance on and play a lot better and hopefully score some points. So I'll, I'll take in the over for sure if it's under 150. You know, I think the max probably 155. is. Other than that, it gets risky just in case Arizona State doesn't come out and score. Um, there's also a couple good bowl games on Monday. Um, didn't really want to talk to him about today. Didn't want to really jam-pack the show too much. 
So I'm thinking about maybe doing like an Instagram live um, Sunday morning, kind of talking about them, or maybe even just doing like a little mini podcast and getting it out Sunday night just to kind of talk about those games. You know, I'll be watching that. I've got LSU for sure, so I'm going to have to be watching, and that's going to be at my lunch on my lunch break, so I'm probably not going to work the rest of the day on Monday if you're listening, boss. So but I'll, I might do a little something, something special for those just so I can talk about them because there are four really interesting ones, so. Finish out the show here with a couple NFL games. Um, only got four of them here. You know, mostly the ones that are impacting the playoff picture. Bears, Lions. You know, the Lions really can't afford to lose this game. They lose this game, and the Commanders win. They're eliminated from the playoffs. So they, if they want to keep themselves in there till you know the end of the season, they got to win this game. I think they will. You know, the Bears have been up and down, but the Lions really have been clicking on offense this year. The past couple weeks, they've been phenomenal. I think they're going to kind of get their groove back. I know they lost last week. Get their groove back a little bit this week come out beat the bears bears aren't that good defensively they give a ton of points so this should be a points fest to take the over i really like the over as well i didn't even look what it is but i just thought about how much the bears score as well taking the over but i'm gonna go lions minus six i do expect this to be a high scoring game you know like a 36 30 type ball game so lions minus six feels right second one possibly you know one of the biggest ones there is is dolphins patriots um if the dolphins win um, they could decide if the Dolphins, right. Okay. Sorry. I'm losing my fucking train of thought here. If the Dolphins win, they're in, they secure their spot in the playoffs. Um, but if they lose, it opens up the door. The Patriots, I think would slide into the seven spot. Patriots are sitting at eight right now. So that'd be, it'd be dangerous for the Dolphins to lose. Um, you know, two is obviously out with a concussion or yes, yeah, a concussion. Holy shit. I'm sorry. I'm trying to watch this te- Texas Washington game. I just got to finish out here, guys. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting my train at, this game's already off to a wild start. Anyways, Dolphins and Patriots, you know, Tua's out with a concussion, so it's kind of. I think that's going to affect their offense a little bit. Teddy is one of the better backups in the league. You know, Mac Jones to me is not phenomenal on offense. Both teams' defense have been playing really good. I do feel as the Dolphins are going to win, though. I know Patriots are favored minus two and a half, but I feel like having Teddy Bridgewater as your backup quarterback is really a plus. I mean, he's been one of the better. He's, I mean, he started in the past couple of years, one of the probably top three best backups in the league to have. So I think Dolphins will come out and win this game. Bucks Panthers, um, a lot is on the line for the game for the for the Bucks in this game. They will secure the division if they win, and a Saints loss. So you know they win, they're they're in the playoffs. They win the division. Don't have to worry about it anymore. But if they lose, you know, Saints win. It even gets more dangerous. There's a lot on the line for them. I feel like we're going to have another game-winning drive by Tom Brady probably in this game because the Panthers have been playing un- un- unbelievable football lately. But, you know, obviously if Panthers lose, they're out of the playoffs. But to me, I feel like this, this is going to be another Tom Brady game where he's going to come out, put a game-winning drive down when they're down by, like, 20 and with, like, five minutes left or some crazy shit like that. But Bucks minus three feels right, feels, feels precious, feels like it needs to be needs to hit because it will last game and to me the biggest one there is because both teams if they lose this game are out of the playoffs jets and seahawks both lose and a couple things don't fall their way other teams don't lose they're out of the playoffs their ship their their luck has ran out don't want that to happen you know mike white obviously starting this game zach wilson was benched again so we'll see I, i don't know i mean both these teams have been on a really bad skid the past couple games seahawks are like lost again i think that's five or four of the last five or five of the last six they're not doing too good i think mike white is going to come out and kind of be you know the mike white of pass he's going to have a really good game they kind of get the offense going the right way a little bit more faith in the jets defense so i'm going jets 
minus one and a half. I think they're going to win the game. Should cover the spread pretty easily. That's today's show. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you have a happy new year. Um, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you know, whatever it is. Send to someone that you know you want to rekindle a friendship with in this new year. Tell them to check me out. Whatever you got to do to spread the word. I love y'all. I appreciate you for listening. Have a blessed new year. And may everything you want this year come true. Manifest that shit. I'm going to manifest my shit. But for now, Boy Titties is out.